Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning. It's Thursday, October 13th. It is CPI day. And and, uh, before going into that, I will bring up some good news because CPI is bad news. Um, Good news is overnight, I seem to have lost uh, a few percentage, a tenth of percentage of uh, body fat. And I've lost mm, a couple pounds, not big. Uh, But yesterday, ate some salads, ate some fresh greens, stopped drinking the soda. Um, started eating fruits and vegetables more, meat less. I had some tuna, um, but for the most part, kind of fasted for the most of the day, ran about, I think five miles, um, and, uh, did some yoga. So I'm not big on weight training right now just because I don't go to the gym. Still kind of in that COVID mode where, listen, before the pandemic, gyms were disgusting absolutely disgusting you people out there are barbarians when it comes to using the gym be a good human Uh, don't sweat all over the equipment and then just walk away or uh, better yet use a dumbbell wipe your freaking mouth and then grab the dumbbell and then put the dumbbell back what whatever And, and your towels that you use to wipe off your sweat disgusting wash them because I passed by some of these people when I was going to the gym, um, and it was just disgusting. Uh, so yeah, don't get me started on that rant. But the good news is, again, I you know, I, I and I am a believer. My friend John, um, who is in the band Hawk Nelson, um, uh, but he was talking about how he has um, joined a a personal trainer, and how he and his wife are uh, on this journey of uh, as they enter their forties. Um, getting better so that they're better in life later in life. I entered uh, my kind of fitness plan when I was 41 and and maybe I'll tell that story at some other time, but um, just to lighten the mood. Yeah, I lost some weight overnight. Um, So what happened this morning? Um, Well, (laughs) essentially a future shot up. Uh, It was about eight o'clock. There was a news story out of Bloomberg that the British government is about to do a U-turn and reverse their tax cut plan, which was killing the pound, which was strengthening the dollar, which was killing currencies all over the world. And so, boom, the story hits. Uh, it runs up um, uh, all of the uh, all of the the futures, and everybody is set. Now, here's what you may not have known. The Biden administration yesterday said, hey, eh, inflation numbers may go up, but we're not seeing the same thing. Mm, but, you know, it, it, it's dependent. We'll be watching things tomorrow. Well, when you get that kind of message from this administration in particular, you can be certain they knew what this number was going to be. Um, so I didn't put it out because I, I, I tend to not. Um, uh, participate in conspiracy theories. I tend not to look at uh, a hoping uh, 
Uh, I'd rather see the facts before I trade, and that's what I would tell you guys is. Um, there's always money to be made, but get the facts instead of hoping. There is no reason to hope. Uh, a lot of the MACD strategy that I, I tell you guys, it's not hope. It's based on mathematics. If you're going to get out, follow that MACD strategy and get out. Uh, identify your trades beforehand. Uh, but the administration did pull that out. So futures were up when the Bank of England said, hey, the government's going to flinch. Um, they're going to not go through with this tax cut um, and they're going to relook at things. Um, so futures went up. You know, bond yields started to go down. Bond yields in, um, in, in Europe started to go down, which meant, hey, we're going to grow again because the government can, <clears throat> the Bank of England can start, e start tightening and easing and doing whatever they need to do. Again, I don't fully understand this stuff, but I just look at what the futures do as the stories are told. Uh, then what happened was 830, uh, the inflation number comes out and it's hotter. Um, than, than we would have liked. I think it's at an all-time high, um, which meant the Fed is going to be more aggressive in tightening, uh, meaning that they're going to be raising their rates. They're going to be selling their uh, asset sheets. Um, by the way, and, and, and during this time, Jim Cramer came on and said, who are these people buying? Well, let's, let's rewrite history a little bit because Cramer's been having his club buying stocks uh, all the way down. So the, the, the morons that he's talking about, he's included in that. And the biggest moron is the guy that charges $600 per year for his stock advice that has been completely wrong. And if uh, the inverse Jamer, uh, inverse Cramer, um, ETF, S Jim and L Jim. I would have bought the S Jim all day long. Anything that you've talked about, DRV is one that that is just gonna be a monster today. Uh, SOXS is gonna be a monster today. Any of these short SPXU is gonna be a monster today. Um, uh, essentially, you know, the, the, the significant moves in the bond market meant that the equity market is going to take one on the chin. Um, higher inflation in rents, nothing in the report indicates that there's going to be a slowdown. There was a 90% um, a chance of a 0.75% rate increase in November. Uh, there was a 40% chance of a 0.75% rate hike in December. Uh, that uh, 40% went to 80% for a 7.75%. Um, the increase in rates, the Fed fund rate um, in 2023, they just raised it up to 4.83%, which is an, a, a huge, huge move. I think it was a 4.2%. It's now at 4.9%. Um, that's a big, big move. Um, so what's my guidance for you guys overall? Well, buy the quality companies with good cash flow. Um, and, and, and Steve Leisman brought up a great point. Uh, this morning, Delta released their earnings. And Ed Bastian, who's their CEO, said, hey, there's no seats available. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to fly more. We just can't fit enough people on the planes. Um, they, they are charging more for their seats. And Delta, uh, Delta's stock went, went up. You know what? I'm going to show you the transition to Active Trader Pro. Um, let's go to Active Trader Pro uh, and we will look at DAL because I want to show you Delta Airlines stock uh, as, and we'll look at a two day 
and it's a one minute chart. Let's go to a five minute. Um, but you can see DAL uh, as their earnings were were released pre market, things shot up to thirty dollars immediately at eight thirty. Um, this is eight thirty five. Look at those bars underneath the Bollinger Bands. Well, where's it going to go? It's going to go up. It started to go up, but mind you, these Bollinger Bands are still big. This one's going to come down. It's going to continue to go down. So I, I, I do think that that. You know, Steve Leisman brought up a great point. Um, demand has not been destroyed. Delta Airlines is telling you demand has not been destroyed. Ticket prices are going up. Um, Pepsi yesterday said they have pricing power. In in and you know, one of the the guys on um, uh, the after show on CNBC yesterday brought up a great point. He's kind of a fit dude, and he said, "Hey, sugary drinks uh, and, and high carb snacks." That's where we think that that the American consumer is going to overspend on this. Um, you know, where else do they have to go? Because that's what the typical American eats to fill their belly. Um, and, and and again, if if you don't study nutrition, if you don't understand nutrition, all of those snacks, all of those sugary drinks, um, they make you feel uh, bloated for less time than fresh fruits and vegetables. If you eat fresh fruits and vegetables, um, yeah, you spend more money, but you are more satisfied at the end of the day for a longer period of time. Therefore, you eat less calories um, and your, your, your brain isn't craving all of those uh, rushes that you get with the high carb, uh, high sugary drinks. And by, I say that completely understanding that I need my, um, my corn puffs, uh, I need my uh, Cheetos, I need my Pepsi. <laughs> So I'm not judging whatsoever because I'm one of those people. But he brought up a great point. If Pepsi has pricing power, then demand hasn't been destroyed. Um, this today is what will take the S&P down to um, uh, the 3200. And let's take a look at SPY. We're going to take a look at SPY so I can show you um, one of the things Carter Worth was doing his uh, charting yesterday. Uh, we're not in an oversold market yet. Look at the, the, the RSI on the SPY. It's a 35. Look at that MACD. It's not about to cross up. And so when you take a look at a longer term and we go to a, um, a weekly, let's go to a weekly because that's where the gap was shown. Look at SPY down around that 324 price. You're at 356 right now. You have 10% to go down. Um, so. I, I, I want to tell you, hey, this is a great opportunity to buy. But honestly, the only thing that I would probably buy are, are the short side because I do think today's number brings into play 3,200. And when you're at 356 on SPY, um, let me just look at SPY um, live. It is at 348. So you're down eight points. Um, it closed at 356. And, and, and let me bring up Active Trader Pro. So you can see, there's SPY. It's a five-minute chart. It's outside the Bollinger Bands, goes back inside the Bollinger Bands, but we're not done moving. We're not done to the downside. Um, I, I made a note prior to this coming out, by the way. Oh, and I have to block this dude um, on, on YouTube. I want to block him, but I don't know how to block him. Uh, best adult dating site. Ignore that. Damn bots. Um, Elon's right, but spy, I think you buy 
your SPXU. Let's look at SPXU. Um, I'm going to pull it up here. I was pulling it up on, I have to keep track of where I'm actually streaming to, but SPXU, watch this one shoot up. Boom. Boom. Went from 21 to 23. There's your 10% move in a matter of minutes. So SPXU is one of those, uh, the, those ones that it, it's, it's a levered ETF. So it, it's nice. Um, when you move over here, uh, let's look at the algorithm real quick. You had this uh, buy-in, SPXU, October 11th at $21.95. You're oversold. It's at 63. Um, am I buying it up here at 23? I don't know. Um, the, the one that I, I do want to show you uh, as far as, let's take a look, Uvixi. We talked about Uvixi at the, the, the VIX at 35 wanting to go to back down. Um, look at this. We're at 12. Yesterday, it kind of floundered. It doesn't have the volatility that it usually does, but now you've got the volatility up. You're going to see a big, big move in Uvixi. Uh, from here, I don't know that you see it go to 15. Um, but I do think people are selling. This is, this is what uh, Warren Buffett talks about, uh, the panic. I think 3,200 is that floor on the S&P. So I, I, I think you're good. Um, and by the way, I made a note that Jim Cramer last night was on his show talking about um, 14 stocks that are about to pop. So him talking about selling, you know, the, the people who are buying are crazy. Well, he was just on last night. Remember, this is the guy who told a caller that Bear Stearns in 2008 was fine. There was no problem with Bear Stearns. The next day, they went bankrupt. The stock was worth zero. So we're not in that situation where stocks are about to go to gear zero. Um, we are uh, at a, a place where um, I, I do think that stocks will go down to that 3,200 level, but I do think you have to take Warren Buffett's advice. Buy quality companies with products that you like, products that you use that are at good valuations. So you look at the stock chart and say, okay, do I want to buy here? Am I about to lose 5%? Maybe. But in the long term, if we're in a long uh, recession, you could be down 5 6% for the next year. You could be down 10% for the next year. You could be down 15% for the next year. But if your strategy is, to get into these companies, make sure that your lot size is correct so that you can buy on the way down and make sure that your timeline is correct. Um, you know, th there's a lot of us who have put money into this market thinking that we hit a bottom. Well, you can't time it. Um, my parents just bought Apple at, I think, 150. Uh, Apple is at 130. Let's see, where's Apple? Uh, 134. And, and, and it has no sign of actually coming back up. Uh, look at the MACD. The MACD has leveled out. Um, it is the RSI's at 32. This is the algorithm. The, the algorithm makes you 33% on uh, Apple. Uh, buying and holding only makes you 16%. There's a 41% chance of winning. Your average win is 7%. Apple has become a trading stock. In my algorithm, am I trading it? No. My outlook on this is it's long-term. Uh, Microsoft is a great example. Uh, Microsoft yesterday, by the way, and I'll tie this in, 
uh, came out with their new Surface tablets. Um, they are using Qualcomm chips. We'll get into that in a little bit, but let's take a look at the stock chart. The, the stock is down at 32 on the RSI. That MACD ain't coming up anytime soon. You've got earnings coming up October 25th. Um, I have heard from uh, Microsoft employees, this isn't insider information, but I have heard that the, um, the, the quarter might be a little rough. It's just news on the street. They don't have any insider information, just might be a little bit rough. People are pulling back. Look at the, uh, the, the ex-dividend date is November 16th. But you do have some catalysts coming up here. And if you have bad news and they bring their earnings in, 219 where the stock is trading today, you could be looking at 200. If we look at a weekly chart of Microsoft, uh, you're pulling up on this 200 day at 216. That would be a support level that I think might bounce off of. Um, again, I'm not 100% sure. Because when you go over to Finviz and you pull up Microsoft, remember that the Microsoft's PE is 23. If they're not growing at the level that, the, at, that supports a 23 PE, the market's going to automatically pull them back and you're going to break that, that support level. Um, now, when we pull this up here to its recent highs as far as the, the, the volume, you're not seeing any volume at this level. It's, it's broken all of its volume support levels. So you really don't have a lot other than the moving, moving averages to really support you. Um, now, when I pull it back here to July of 2020, which was uh, the last kind of run up, you do have 212. I'm, I'm thinking that 210 to 220 is that support level for Microsoft. So, but, but like I said, the Surface Pro 9s, um, they, they will ditch Intel and AMD chips and they'll choose Qualcomm chips. Um, just kind of um, to make this point, remember Apple moved to their own chips. Uh, Apple owns the software and the hardware. Microsoft for their Surface tablets also owns the hardware and the software. Um, so is Microsoft moving to making their own chips? Uh, I don't know. Could be. Um, Microsoft may have a, a chip you know, for the Xbox, for the Surf Surface tablets. Remember, these guys make a lot, a lot of hardware along with their software. So I, I think Microsoft has an opportunity there. Um, and I do think that the stock is a quality stock. Look at Qualcomm, though. October 4th, you had this 120 buy-in. Then you had that button hook, and you have an immediate downturn. You're at 108. This is a stock that, in my mind, again, they've got to re-sign their contract with, uh, with Apple. They've just got the Microsoft new stuff. Um, this is a stock that I really, really like, but chips are not in favor. And when chips aren't in favor, what goes up? SOSX. This is a triple levered. Um, I know there's a couple of, more than a few people in here. In fact, Jesse says thanks on YouTube. Thanks for SOXS. Um, this is huge. You had a buy in October 20th at $70.89. Uh, today, what are you, three days later? Three days later. I thought this was too late. And I said, guys, be careful. Um, it ain't later. You got your 10% three days later. Holy crap. Um, Jesse, if you played options on this one, kudos, high fives. Maybe that's why he's asking me for my Venmo. 
again, thanks for the support. In a down market, you can make money in this stuff. It is fantastic. Um, you know, but you do have to trade. Personally, I'm not making any money today whatsoever. Um, in fact, let's see. The only one that was up, and I can't figure out why, is Ruth Chris in my portfolio. Uh, and the symbol is uh, R-U-T-H. And it's up, you know, 1.9%. On a day where the, the SPY is going to be down almost 3%, 2%, 3%, to have Ruth up, let's see if we can find anything on Finviz. This is how you research stocks, by, by the way. I don't know. You know, their PEs at 14. Um, initiated coverage overweight. The price target is 22. Um, to announce third quarter earnings on November 4th. Um, on capital signal, tricky times ahead for Ruth Hospitality. There's no news. I don't know why it's up 1.4%, but you can see there's a $22 price target from Stevens overweight. Stocks trading at about 18. Let's look at, let's go to uh, Active Trader Pro and we'll pull it up live so you guys can see it. Uh, it popped up, I think. Yeah. Here's the, see, it doesn't have pre market. Uh, the bid and the ask, this just may be pre market kind of schmooze and crap. Uh, maybe it trades at 18. This one could open up down here at 1738. Who knows? Um, the 10 day volume is at 320,000. The 90 day volume is 353. So you don't have volume in here. Dividend yield is 3.13 by, by the way, that's why I've held on to it. Super small in my portfolio. I think about, um, uh, $5,000. So it's not much at all. Um, uh, yesterday, this should have gotten a lot more news, but it didn't. There was a story in the wall street journal. Um, that said the Biden administration is negotiating with the Saudis and OPEC on buying enough oil uh, in November, uh, through November and December, to refill the strategic reserves, the emergency strategic reserves. In return, the Saudis will not raise the price of oil uh, before November, or I'm sorry, until December. Uh, that gets them through the election. It's as simple as that. Again, remember when I told you there was manipulation in the price of oil by governments around the world? That's what I'm talking about. Um, and, and it's on several good sources. Uh, so that's essentially what, what, what I was seeing. And when I talk about the energy um, complex and why you want to trade in it, because <clears throat> after the election, you... You can bet after the election, uh, emergency strategic reserves probably will not be used. Uh, also, um, there will probably be fewer manipulations by world organizations to do that. Um, there was a report last night, unsubstantiated report, that perhaps uh, Putin wants to enter into pre peace talks um, with Ukraine. Uh, but he's still bombing, still going, you know, producing hell in there. Uh, so I, I thought that was important to bring up. Um, let's get to some of our requests. Duke Energy, D-U-K. Jesse asked me about this late yesterday um, before the, the, the huge downturn. You can see there's even a bigger downturn um, today. The market just opened, so that's a live red candle right there at 8409 on Duke Energy. Um, the RSI is at 21. 
This is crazy. Look at that MACD. Uh, I don't know what the news is. This is a uh, energy company that's a, a utility uh, during um, uh, recessions. Energy and utility companies usually do well. Uh, its year-to-date performance is down 18%. Uh, that's a good uh, thing. The last, you know, this hasn't had any anybody look at it since August 5th. Um, and they they uh, said outperformed to neutral credit suites, for but they raised the price target from 112 to 114. Right now you're trading at 85. The PE again is 17. You've got a dividend of 4.68%. The question is, is that dividend good? Um, look at the news on this. Third quarter earnings on November 4th. Uh, price down 6.5%. Insiders might find some solace having sold U.S. $3.3 million worth of shares. Um, gains as the market dips. I mean, there's just not a lot of news. If you want to read news on this one, then that's a, a good way to do it. But Duke Energy is one that has just been beaten down. It's a utility. It's a regulated electric utility. So they could be uh, forced to be not selling their energy at prices that it costs them more to actually produce the energy um, just because of rising costs. It's just a guess. Um, but Duke Energy might be due for a bounce. There is no way I would put money into this one right now. I think if you miss the first 10% of this one, don't be worried. The RSI right now today is at 21. Um, anything under 20 is considered oversold. But look at the MACD. It still hasn't moved. So I, I don't think there's any reason to get into this one right now, but add it to your watch list because it does look like it's um, got an opportunity. You are uh, near your 52-week low. You're at your 52-week low in, in trading right now, 85.91. Um, your 52-week high is 116. So uh, it's not a huge uh, volatile stock. It does have some movement in it, but... If let's go back to let's look at a daily and let's go back to pandemic. Let's pull this back to March of 2020 so we can see um, all of the do do do. Oh, come on. We're going to have to go to weekly to go back to March of 2020. That's what you want to really, really look at is here you go. It was trading at about 60. I think here. In the, the uh, summer of 2020, it's probably your support level right now. That's where a lot of stocks are going, by the way. Back to this pan, uh, pandemic kind of trading style. Look at it pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, this one was up at 100. So if you want a stock that actually has some support here, Duke Energy might be a good one to get into. Again, look at your beaten down ones. By the way, Ruth Chris opened up down 3%, so it was just a, just a blip. Um, I have Pfizer is the only one that is up 0.14% in my portfolio as we opened up. But Jesse, I think Duke Energy, I think I brought this one up, but I do think Duke Energy is sliding way too hard. Don't get caught in that falling knife. Um, you know, trade it. I would trade it when there's a bounce. Wait for that, that, that MACD to cross up and I think you'd be good. Um, EQNR, uh, Equinor. I saw this one. Alex is a, you know, one of the guys on Instagram. He asked about this one. 
Um, I asked him what he liked about this, and he mentioned it. I just don't have it up in front of me. But EQNR, if you look at this one, they do have a catalyst coming up with some earnings here. But just like everything else, I mean, look at the RSI at 49. Uh, I think if you got in at 33 on this one, you probably wrote it all the way up to 35. It wasn't, it got the button hook, but the market just took it down. See this gap here between 33 and 34? Um, it's going to fill that. So I think that gap down there at 33, 36, I think you'll see it come down there. Their earnings are coming up October 27th. Um, I just see that MACD crossing down and see that button hook right there. That's where I think EQNR is, is, is set to go. But I did see across my, um, the scroll on, uh, on CNBC this morning. So uh, I do think. Now, there's a Cameco CCJ. They announced, uh, they're a, a, a uranium. Let me look at what uh, Finviz says they are. CCJ, yeah, they're uranium play. Um, produces and sells uranium. It operates two segments, uranium and fuel services. Um, they announced yesterday they will be buying Westinghouse uh, CCJ, which is a nuclear uh, uh, thing, for $8 billion. This one crashed. And when I talk crash, their PE is 193. Uh, they did not um, do well yesterday whatsoever. You can see this enormous gap here from yesterday, uh, from 24 down to 23, and it even fell further to 22. Today, it's trading at 21. Uh, uranium is a huge, the, the market just does not like spending $8 billion and overpaying for Westinghouse on this one. Um, their their uh, PE is just, you know, again, 193. Year to date, this one is up 2.2% against a, uh, a market that's down 20%. You know, hey, they've got room to slide here. Uh, look, I would say this one, if it hits the 20 handle, um, I think you're looking at a pretty good support there at a 20 handle. Um, let's look at a monthly because I want to go back. See at 2020, you were here at 8 and 10. So I, I think that 20 level, there is some support there. But if this one's rolling all the way back to pre-pandemic, you could get really, really hurt on this one. But it came up as, as just, hey, there's a gap here. Um, it's in the energy space because it's uranium. Uh, I thought I'd bring it up. Hmm. I think it's, you know, pretty good one. Um, AMT, American Tower. This one was brought up by uh, Carter Worth yesterday of Worth Charting. Um, and he said, when you look at a, and we're going to go to a weekly, because when you look at this one, it is back to its pandemic lows at 177, 179. Now, if you don't know a AMT, American Tower is, uh, they put up cell phone towers. And what they do is they lease space to the cell phone companies. Uh, their PE is 30. This is a rather expensive stock. They're down in line. Uh, with the S&P and the NASDAQ at 37%. Their PE is a little bit high. They are at their 52-week lows. I mean, make no doubt about it. This has been beaten down. You got a 3.2% dividend. Any dividend, any real estate uh, uh, ETF has AMT in it. And it has been, 
you know, one of the pandemic winners. Look at all, look at that run up and look at that run down and then the run up. And so Carter Worth was like, hey, it's broken through its 200. It is significantly, this is a weekly chart. So just here in September, you're really looking at just this enormous downturn from about 230, 240 down to 178. That's where you're trading right now. So it's an enormous downturn, could be looking at a bounce. Um, again, for today, I think DRV is probably your play. Um, let's look. Do, 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 do. Jim Cramer says these 14 stocks, Microsoft Surface, future inflation came out um, by quality companies. This will take for the S&P to get back to 3,200. Oh, just FYI. If you're wondering about money supply, remember we talked about uh, the loan debt being given up. We talked about how interest rates costs the uh, to fund the deficit that we have in this country, um, more money. So essentially you're spending more money to satisfy the debt that you have. And as you spend more money, as you uh, give loan relief and you have less money to spend, it actually costs the government more money just to stay afloat. Well, the Social Security Administration yet uh, just this morning announced an 8% life increase for uh, Social Security in 2023. This is how the government runs out of money. This is how Social Security runs out of money. Congress will have to take action at some point in time in curbing spending or increasing revenues, one or the other. Um, you know, the Trump administration, whatever political side you are, the Trump administration cut revenues by cutting taxes and increased spending. It's not how you run a good business. Now, they got hit by COVID, which was you know, unforeseen. But when you do that right before COVID and you don't raise taxes with COVID, but you have, um, you know, again, the Trump administration did all of the COVID release in the first round. Um, the second round, which was actually controversial, and I was not 100% for, I was semi for, I just didn't like the dollar amount. Um, but the second amount was under Joe Biden, and that was a Democratic push. So they get the blame for that one. Uh, but you've increased the government's uh, uh, debt. And that costs money. As these interest rates go up and the Fed increases the interest rate, costs go up. Well, social programs go up too because you have to keep up with inflation. You have to keep up with lifestyle. So, so Social Security uh, is crazy, crazy. Um, so, uh, and Jim Cramer was on saying people who are buying stocks are dumb. Well, th that guy is charging you $600 a year to tell you to buy stocks and then to say, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, I'm not charging you a thing. Uh, I'm giving you stocks that are not making money, but I'm not giving you a thing. Um, right now, I would say I did some scans. The only one that came up with a, a cross-up, by the way, is Tilray. And that's the only one I would be actually comfortable in telling you that. And, and you guys know I hate pot stocks. I hate them. Can't stand them. I don't think that they make money. I don't think they're in any terms going to make money. You can see this, this candle right here. Let's move in a little closer. That candle right there is when Biden announced, you know, here's the morning candle. Boom, it went up. It went up even further in the afternoon on October 7th. Um, well, in the morning, afternoon of October 6th, got that, went up even more on October 7th, crashed right back down, right back down. Because, you know, again, the pop business is not where it needs to be. This is the only one with that MACD crossing up, and it still has you in this $2.93 trade. 
I'd get the hell out of this thing with a nice gain at $3.05. You're not going to make money on this one. It's going back down to two, it probably down to this 260 level. Um, that's where I would say. So when I did scans, I didn't see anything that was, that was worth buying. Now, uh, Upro, if you think that we've hit close to the bottom, let me see. Spy, uh, SPX right now is at 3,500. I think you've got 3,200 in the bag. So I don't think you buy Upro right now. Uh, there is no MACD crossing up on Upro. This is a triple levered, um, S&P tracker. Look at the MACD. I don't, I don't think it's crossing up anytime soon. So I, I wouldn't buy this one. I wouldn't try and time this one. Uh, your bear on this one is XPXU. And let's look at where, uh, because for the last month, this one has probably been good. Um, you know, buying it just, what, two days ago at twenty one ninety five. You're 2361 right now. You've almost made your 10% in just a couple of days. Now it is oversold, but if you think we're going down to 3200 and we're going to cover that one, um, that's that's where I think you go. You buy this SPXU. Um, you can buy the SQQQ, which has been a crazy, crazy good buy. Uh, SPXU, it got you in October 10th at 61.75. You're at 68. You've almost got your 10% in this one. In a SQQQ, this is a highly traded stock. It's always on the top like five, six that is traded in, um, in, in Fidelity. Now, TQQQ, this is one where if we turn around on the NASDAQ, you're going to see it, it turn around and, and it's going to cover a lot of these gaps big. There's a gap here between 20 and 21 and 22. There's a gap here between 28 and 30. There's a gap here at 35. I don't think it's going anytime soon. Uh, your RSI is at 25. Uh, there's a gap that was created today down. So I think you buy, I said yesterday, if you can get it under 17, it had no support to buy it yesterday. None. And, and I wouldn't buy it the day before huge news. Um, I said I might look at it, just didn't see the support. So I, I think you're going down to 16. If you get this under at a 15 handle, I think you could play it for a, a nice bounce back up to 18. Because um, I do think that we'll see an oversold bounce before we go down to 3,200. So I think you could play this. Don't time it. Wait for it. And when, when I'm talking about waiting for it, let's go into Active Trader Pro. And we'll go to TQQQ. Uh, when, if you want to scalp, wait till it gets outside of those Bollinger Bands and then has some confirmation. See, it's outside those Bollinger Bands, but it never had confirmation to actually start going up. It is sinking up. Those Bollinger Bands are just too freaking big. Um, right now, they're just too large. I, I wouldn't touch this one. Uh, I don't think it's going to level off. My guess is it goes down. Again, it's at 1646. It's kind of off its lows, not really off the lows. Um, but look at the 10-day volume, 237 million. Uh, versus 90-day volume, 175 million. TQQQ is in 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 the realm uh, of making that that bounce back up. Um, SARK is going to do great today. Let's see. Uh, do you have your 10% in this one? Because I think this one even turned sooner. Um, 63. You're only at 67, but you'll get there. I think you'll get 10% in that. 
Uh, Bank of America, we talked about yesterday some of the financials. Bank of America is under 30. It's at 29.72. Like I said, I think that's a fairly good um, uh, 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 price to pay for this one. Their book value um, is 29.55, and you're trading at 29.36. Uh, let's, I got to go back to the browser view. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So Bank of America, see how it's kind of hasn't gapped down. There's a gap up here at 31. I think if you can get this under its book value at 29.55, um, I, I think that's a good one. Let me see where it's trading at today. The range, um, 29.31, it got down to as lows. It, it actually has some support. This is what I'm talking about with support. And this is a five-minute chart. See how it goes outside the Bollinger Bands? And then you have support. Here's where you wanted to buy it, 29.30. And you just keep going up. Now, you'll wait until that, that kind of loses its, its, its confirmation. And it trades below this, uh, this green line, which is the nine-day. When it starts trading below that green nine on a full bar, get the hell out. You, know, you can get out even sooner. It's free trades now, guys. I mean, you know, you, you don't have you don't have a lot of uh, opportunity to uh, you know take your profits when you can, even if it's dollar. Take your profits because you can always buy in cheaper at this point. Uh, one that I noticed that was over a hundred was uh, XOM in pre market, but it lost it. See that button hook right there? It's kind of capitulating. Hasn't gotten you out. Uh, I, I don't know that it'll get you out. These earnings are coming up, and I think these earnings are probably going to be fairly good with these energy companies. Uh, if not, you've got dividends that are coming up. So, you know, hold on for the dividends. I, I'm kind of holding on to that one. Um, D-Man, when you say long-term, what is your time outlook? Uh, X amount of years. God, D-Man, if I knew that, uh, I would actually be probably a lot richer than I am. Uh, remember how I told you my uh, vast amounts of my wealth have been made on buy and hold, um, not necessarily trading. Uh, if I knew the outlook X number of years, um, when I'm buying Google, let's talk about Google. When I'm buying Google under 100, uh, it's now at 96. There's going to be a gap here. See that gap between 97 and 96 where, where it opened up? You're going to have that filled. Is today's candle going to fill that so that you don't have a gap? I don't know, but if there's a gap, you'll get there. And so, you know, here at 96, Google's probably a pretty good buy because in the next five, six, seven, ten years, I think you're going to fill this gap at 109, 110 easily, easily. Um, let's look at the PE of Google. If you don't think that these companies like Google and look at the PE of Google, 17, 17, Apple. Uh, 22. So, you know, again, what's my time horizon? Years. I'm not talking months, but I'm talking years. If we go into a recession, um, oh, stream froze on BAC. Sorry. Uh, did it really? Let me see. Do, do, do. Oh. Yeah, I haven't been on. I had didn't switch back over to Active Trader. Yeah, God, why didn't I do that? Uh, YouTube Live, it's horror. Yeah, so so here's Google. 
and I hope I, 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 I was doing it right, but BAC, yeah. So see Google, um, see this? I went back to my browser. That gap right there, that's where I'm talking about. Do I think that this one's going back to there? Absolutely, 100%. Um, you know, and you go over here and you look at Finviz, their PEs at 17, 17. They're down 32% year to date. You're at your 52 week low at 96.03. You're trading at 95. I don't think there's any reason that you don't load up on Google here for long term. For long term. And, and if I knew, D Man, what that time horizon is, uh, unfortunately, I just don't. I'm not Nostradamus. I don't know if we're going into. Uh, a period uh, the, my friend Steve, he always talks about how the uh, lost decade of 2000 and 2010 um, hurt him. And he was just so uh, against putting money in because of 2010. Uh, that, that, what it, and it is called, it's called the lost decade. And let's look at that in the spy. Uh, I think we might have to go monthly. Yeah, we'll have to go monthly. Let's go monthly. And if we look at 2000, here you are at 2000, okay? You're up here at 148. Took you all the way to 2007, and then what happened? The housing crisis. So it took you here to 2011 to actually get back there. Do I think that's what's going to happen? I don't think so, but I don't know. If I knew, I could tell you. But do I think that Google at 17 is going to continue to grow earnings and trade at that 15 to 17 level? I absolutely think they will. Look at their earnings growth. The past five years, 30%. Um, next five years, it's only expected to grow by 9%. Uh, but again, if they can bring that to 11%, that brings this price up. That brings that PE up. Uh, it's expected to grow by 15%. Will they adjust this? I don't know. Maybe. Earnings per share this year, down 8%. That's why you're at 17. It's not considered a growth company anymore. The advertising budgets where Google makes their money have been cut. If we go into a recession, this could trade at a 15 PE. But do I think that the ad spending is going to come back and that Google will lead that? Absolutely 100%. So, D-Man, I, I can't tell you that, that buying here at, at, at G-O-O-G, because remember, we buy G-O-O-G, not G-O-G-L, because when Google actually buys their money, their stock back, they actually do G-O-O-G. And when companies buy their shares back, uh, they typically, you know, they raise the share price because that earnings per share actually goes up. So, and they've announced buybacks. They've got plenty of cash. Apple has plenty of cash to buy their shares back. There's no problem there. That's why I say buy companies with good cash balances, buy companies that are making money, buy companies that are managed well. You know, Meta's having a problem because Meta's spending all of their money on the metaverse. Uh, would I buy into that one? I bought into it at 300. I thought it was a great company. Still hold that one. Just a horrible, horrible play. But they're making money. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Um, hopefully, you know, again, I, I don't scare you out of this market, 
But the reality of the situation is right now, the only thing that makes sense to buy are these short ETFs, SOXL, SPXU, SQQQ, SARK. Uh, you want to buy TQQQ when it is under, you know, if you get a 15 handle on that one, I, I think you could buy it. Um, TQQQ right now is at 1651. It's starting to come back. The other thing I will tell you is every reaction in the market is an overreaction. TQQ has kind of put in some support at the 1640 level and it's starting to come back. You'll see some bounces. My guess is that we will get back to um, that 3,200 level on the S&P. I think there's just too many economists that tell me that that's a good level to bounce off of. But again, you could buy you know, Google uh, at, those, at those rates um, you know, because you see that gap up there. It's going to get filled. But I can't tell you when. You could be in the lost decade. Uh, if Powell, you know, again, if we're in stagflation and, and 2000 to 2010 comes about, and you have a housing crisis, you have other crises, you know, nuclear war, Putin doesn't go into a, uh, you know, peace talks, energy is a huge issue. Um, you know, we make some foreign policy mistakes, who knows where you're going. Uh, but I do want you to be careful. And so I, I, I still say Apple at, at these prices probably has more to fall. Um, my guess is when, when you look at Apple, let's look, uh, Remember that um, uh, Apple's going to have this gap, and they've got gaps up here as well. At some point, they're going to fill these gaps at 160. Uh, let's go back to a weekly. I'm going to pull it back. You know, look at the pre-pandemic uh, 2020. We're at 75. If that's where we're going, it's just too low. Apple has too much cash, too many earnings, and they've taken too many shares off the books to go back to there. Uh, this 200-day at 110, uh, I would think that would be a support level, um, but you've broken this 50-day. Yeah. Every time it's broken that 50-day, it hasn't strayed away from there too much. This is the housing. This is the uh, 2018. Oh, I, I lost my Active Trader Pro, um, so I won't be going back there. But see that 2018 back here? Uh, this was where the Fed, Yellen, started uh, tightening. Apple got killed, killed, but it came back. Apple got killed during the pandemic, but it came back, touched the 50-day. Apple's getting killed right now. It's just under the 50-day, went back over. See, March to May, went down, came back. It likes to hover around that 50-day. You can see this 50-day right there. The 50-day right now is at 160. I would say your bottom at this point is probably in the 120s. Um, you know, Again, if it brings it back down to 17, I think that's the 120s. Am I buying this one? I'm not buying just because I have so much of it. Am I selling? Absolutely not, because I'm not going to be able to time that. Uh, I, I think there were a few people that bought Apple in the 140s and they were upset. They sent me a couple messages. Eh, don't worry. Apple, you know, again, this isn't my, you shouldn't be trading in Apple and buying Apple and Google if this is what you have to pay rent with. Uh, this is not something that you take margin out on. This is not something that you, you invest what you have and you put it in the long term. Just forget about it. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And D-Man, he says, I might have worded it a bit wrong. Makes total sense. Nothing, nothing is going to get me out of the market. I'm hustling and getting my cash flow high to buy in. Yeah. And, and there was a question to me about 401k. What should I do with my 401k? Should I stop adding to it? I'll give you a real life story. Um, my buddy, who is very conservative, who talks about the lost decade all the time, um, he uh, actually uh, went to cash in his 401k um, after the housing crisis and the lost decade. He basically said, you know, I don't trust it. So I'm going to go to cash. He went to cash right about here. I don't think he got back in until about here. Look at that. A again, everything was saying, hey, we're over, overbought. The, this run, you know, of, 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 you know, the, the Obama administration can't continue. The eight fantastic years that we had, um, it can't continue. Uh, and then Trump, everybody was saying, well, it can't continue. We're spending too much. It's too high. Uh, and then, you know, the first year of Biden can't continue. It's too high. Well, look, look at where we're at. And, and this is just a pullback. And, and with SPY, you're only at the 50-day. The last time we broke the 50-day, COVID. Time before that was when we started uh, tightening. Time before that was uh, the housing crisis. So that 50-day, it's hanging on there. Do I think that we've got stagflation and we could be, could be back here where you broke the 50 day and you took, took you four years to get it? Yeah, we could be. But the reality is if you've got a 10 year timeline, add money in. You can't time this thing. Don't go to cash. My parents went to cash during uh, the COVID and, and they're afraid to go back into cash because they lost so much in the opportunity cost with COVID. It's a different time. I wouldn't expect you to kind of, you know, uh, be, be comfortable at this current time. It's not comfortable. You know, Warren Buffett isn't comfortable right now. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll leave you with that. It's been 53 minutes. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. Um, I'll be on YouTube live for a little bit. There's nine people watching right now. Um, so if you guys have any questions, hit me up on the socials. There's a link below with the link tree. Uh, it has all the support stuff. Thanks again to everybody that supports me. Um, I love you guys. Listen to, uh, uh, the podcast, uh, election insider with Rick Barron. Uh, I, I think I've got an interview coming up with a vice news reporter on there as well. Uh, I'm kind of doing more podcasts with Rick on that one. Uh, the Atlanta journal constitution actually contacted us. Um, through Rick, and, and they liked what we talked about. Um, so they liked the podcast. So if you're interested, check it out. Um, again, I'm a, a, a moderate, I would say a moderate liberal, uh, more middle of the aisle. Uh, I personally also, uh, if you watch any of the uh, investors that are our representatives in Congress and how they manipulate the market, how they uh, get insider information on some of the committee bills. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, I would love to see reform in that. Um, you know, we talk about a, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, Rick has a unique, uh, an absolute unique uh, 
uh, take on elections. He was the director of elections for Fulton County here in Atlanta, which was key in the 2020 presidential race. Um, he kind of talks about yesterday there was some uh, news reports about uh, voter suppression here in Georgia where you're able to actually contest and say, hey, this voter isn't eligible. Uh, well, some of the Republicans are actually saying, um, you know, these voters aren't eligible. Well, sometimes you don't get that letter in the mail uh, and then you can't vote. That's kind of where they're going with some of this stuff. So B. Wynn, who is up for secretary of state, I'm a big fan of um, her story, her background. I, I, I think she's one of the least. There, there's no dirt on her, no dirt whatsoever. Um, so I do like her. I, I don't think she has a, a, a big chance in the, the secretary of state, but I'd love to see an upset her and Jen Jordan, um, uh, for attorney general love to see an upset. Um, but Hey Jeff, see you on YouTube. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening, support the podcast. Um, check out my Instagram, check out my, uh, and Carlos, who is a, uh, a designer, who wants you know an opportunity to design some YouTube shorts and do some? Uh, he's an animator as well. He's been working with the street on some of his uh, thestreet.com. That's the former Kramer stuff. Who I respect more than now that Kramer's gone. I like them even more. Uh, but uh, he's been working on that. He's kind of you know asked me, hey, do I want to do that stuff? Um, you know, check out the socials because I'm not good at, at at doing a lot of video stuff. I'm I, I'm a video editor. Uh, not by trade, but for fun. If you guys, you know, some people have found my personal stuff and you can see kind of my travels and, you know, my personal Instagram is wide open. I'm not closed about that stuff, but it's, 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 you know, I do have some video editing. I'm just lazy. And I tell you that, that guys, that over and over again, I'm lazy. So I am off to run 10 miles today. I am off to lose another couple tenths of body fat couple pounds. Remember how I started the podcast? Uh, positive. Um, positivity, guys. This, this is just a, a, a bump in the road. Don't expect this to be you know, ongoing. You'll still be fine. You'll still survive. Uh, don't use this. Don't use your money that you're paying rent and food for uh, to invest, and you'll be okay. Again, buy and hold get, gets you in there. Um, Trading-wise, if you're going to trade, and say buy those shorts because I think 3200 on the S&P is good. So take care, have fun. I will talk to you tomorrow where I'm hoping we'll have a bounce. I, I think, again, any reaction in the market is an overreaction. So I would hope that we see a bounce. Uh, I'm going to pull up Active Trader Pro again and try and uh, stream a little bit more on YouTube. Take care, guys.